Hi everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we're going to talk about churn and all the unfortunate things that have been done to it, making it virtually a useless metric. Today, we're going to talk about how you can fix it. Enjoy. My sister was over uh, with her family and it was like four kids running around. Yeah. What we realized is despite us being four adults, oh, we're still tougher with four kids running around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like when you scale up your company and you suddenly have so many more sales reps, but you have, you know, so much more management layer. Yeah. yeah it doesn't yeah. change things that it's still so much more like headache, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, we just started letting anarchy rule. Like it's yeah, opening yeah. the bottle, sit down in the sun and just let the kids run. And then after a couple of hours, you like, Where's Robin? Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck in a ditch like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just need a fence. Yeah. That's what you need. That's Guardrails, it. you know? Um, Rules of engagement, that's what you yeah, need. Yeah, that's what you need. It at would least. be so great if that was the topic today. Yeah, exactly. No, but at least no one is dying. You oh, know? that would mean... But that, that churn is kind of dying. Yeah, there you go. So, perfect segue again. Yes. You know, I've been spending my entire weekend thinking about how am I going to introduce churn here? Yeah. Um, and that's Kids how. So, yeah. No, exactly. So we're going to try and save it in this episode, actually. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a bit about the problem that we see with churn today. We're going to get into what is it actually trying to measure. And then hopefully we're going to have a solution, some steps you can take to remedy that. And maybe also a little bonus on things you can do to improve churn meaning decrease it. Wonderful. Let's get into it. So, churn. <laughs> I saw our wonderful investor, Dave Keller, do a presentation about churn. Mm. And it was, I think it was titled, Churn is Dead, Long Live NDR, something like that. And he really yeah. got into the nitty gritty around churn, uh, how we started basically breaking the definition because there's not a, it seems like there's not a standard definition for no, so what the, it is. The, the thing goes, so obviously, so NDR, net dollar retention or net retention rate, kind of how are we going to you know piece it together? Yeah. What, what I think is so flawed on that statement, and you know, I obviously love Dave, but what I, what I think is so flawed about the statement, well, if, if churn is kind of broken, how do you, how do you calculate net dollar retention? Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally based on churn, yeah. right? And then the other thing is, uh, Olaf and I, we just uh, a week or so ago, we did uh, go to market live on hacking NRR. Mm. Yes, you can also, you know, play around with the N NDR and NRR metric and, you know, also break it in the same way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think all of that stuff is a little bit all over the place. Um, and all of that has its own little, let's just say, uh, little failures, failures that are starting to appear more and more, right? And yeah. kind of especially churn. You know, the the idea was usually to use that as a as a way to figure out how long your customer cohort is going to be. Yeah, you know, that was kind of one idea of that. So if you have ten percent churn, then you know maybe some cohorts could be like for ten years or something yeah. like that. But the thing is, um, you know, in, in many cases, that just also doesn't work anymore because now you have, you know, uh, maybe negative churn. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, our, our customer lifetime is going to be infinity, yeah. dear investor, right? And then, oh, we need to kind of do something else to cut it here somewhere else. But uh, it's it's really difficult to kind of make it, make it work. But also what we're kind of seeing more and more is people are just fiddling around with this 
churn definition like yeah. quite a lot, yeah. right? So you have um, you have a lot of stuff that is basically uh, not clearly outlined what what is actually churn and what isn't churn. Mm. We're gonna dive into some of that stuff a little bit later on, but that's kind of ultimately the problem here, right? So yeah. that churn itself as a metric has so many ways of defining it, mm. which make it kind of fake. Yeah, which make it kind of uh, also less usable internally, by the way, for mm -hmm. actionability purposes. And then at the end of the day, you know, if if you played around with this thing so much and you can't use it anymore, why why do you, why do you even drag yeah, it around? Yeah, yeah, it's busy work. That's what it is. Yeah. No, it's it's also kind of it, it's it's a funny thing, right? Because I can see it used on the investor side for one purpose, and then internally it's also pretty difficult because it's already done. When you see the churn, it's it's done. What are you gonna do? You know, it's yeah. it's kicked in, it's in the books. So, no, I mean, honestly, I think, I think the real intention behind churn is actually really nice and clean and clear. It's like who opts out of your yeah. product and service, right? Who who is doing that and at what rate, mm. rather, right? And that gives you some really cool indications of are you providing value to those folks that you're selling to mm. um, and uh, and how much value exactly and, and so forth, right? Yeah. It could be actually a treasure trove of, of understanding, hurtful understanding. So this is negative <laughs> yeah. feedback, right? Yeah. Negative feedback is usually something that you learn the most with and also respond the, the most to. Yeah. So actually churn, you know, as itself, so while I, while I hate the metric, obviously, and I don't want to actually see it, but churn as, as an idea is extremely useful for you as a business, yeah. unless you start distorting it to a degree where it's kind of starting to be not so useful anymore, yeah. right? There are also some challenges with it, right? So we we talked about when when is it actually churn versus upsell? So if you have multi-product and a customer has product A and then decides to go for product B, is there actually churn and then new biz or is it up? Like there's a couple of things that also just makes it difficult for people to at least navigate. Yeah. I, I, so, and I think that's true. And I think that's sometimes um, clouding the picture quite a lot. Mm. And in that case, for example, people would opt for the, um, hey, this is upsell. Yeah. Right. They would basically say like, well, if you kind of churn from uh, product A, but you are net upselling then towards product B. Yeah. We as a company see you as one account. And then the account now increased their money with us. Yeah. Upsell. Yeah. Right. So it's it's pretty straightforward. I I can totally see that uh, that starts to become suddenly difficult if yeah. you wanna if you wanna report on a product level. Mm. And then you say, actually, no, this month actually we had churn here, and then there's something new coming up there. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's hard to reconcile, but at the end of the day, you probably want to optimize towards showing the net result yeah. per account at the end of the period, which usually is the month. Um, and then report on that. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's okay. Kind of let's let's not kind of let's not make it kind of too holy. Um, but generally speaking, kind of that those that that's the approach at least to to NDR and NRR and upsell kind of in that case, yeah. right? But so now that some of the th I think I wanted to actually mention some examples of how people calculate churn. Yeah, go you know, for it. Just to kind of clarify on is it actually really a problem, Tony? I just I just just <laughs> looking for a podcast episode here. Yeah. Well, um, both can be true. Both. <laughs> it's not mutually <laughs> exclusive, my friend. Um, so, but one one really interesting thing here is, so, uh, and we looked into, and I think we had this conversation a while back, right? Yeah. But there's a there's a cheat sheet somewhere of churn definitions yeah. of public SaaS companies. Yeah. And there are more than 30 of them. 
Are you gonna name names now or? I'm gonna do it here, and I think we kind of pulled this from a different source. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, this is, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, you know, let's just think in, uh, sink in for 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 a second here. Thirty more than thirty different churn definitions of publicly listed subscription-based <laughs> companies. Yeah. So and and obviously this is not audited, right? This is not GAP audit no. or anything like that. So no one kind of cares about it, but obviously people care about it. And they come up with all kinds of different ways to calculate it. And, you know, just some examples that we have here. So, for example, Box, right? The Dropbox competitor mm. or, I don't know, winner in the market. I'm quite sure who's winning this. Includes only customers with more than 5K annual contract value and annual contracts in their, quote-unquote, customer base. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a neat hack. Alterix. I don't actually know what they do, who they are. Uh, considers only customers which have been paying customers for at least one quarter. Wow. AppDynamics does the same thing, but only for customers at least for one year. Zendex excludes customers on the starter plan. Jesus. And this is this is just on, you know, how you basically kind of play around with the actual customer base that sits behind it. Yeah. Right? Um then you have then you have things where and I think this maybe you kind of uh, comment on the 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 bracket above here. <laughs> so that. yeah, there's different ways. O overall, what you know, we'll drop the source into the the show notes, right? But overall, there are three three areas you might want to change the, the definition, right? So you can focus on monthly, quarterly, or annual retention. You can exclude customers that churn within the first couple of months. And then you can include customers that only represent the core of your business, meaning what what Box did right above a certain ACV. That's the general pattern yeah. that's been but, noted, right? And and then so it, in the calculation, it goes even further than that, though. Mm. You can say the customers that churned this quarter and compare that to the customers you acquired last year. Yeah. You can say you want to compare it to uh, your customer base that you have today. Mm. So and obviously that's that's the the sweetest of deals yeah. right you know if you, especially if you're a high growth company you want to actually take the uh, the highest base definition possible and compare yeah. it to the ones that you lost right um so that's where you would say like okay people that churn today compared to my base right then you could do things like okay uh, churn uh, compared to the baseline that we set you know the beginning of this year and so forth i mean there's like multiple 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 ways to kind of go about it the most brutal one is really the who could have churned versus then who renewed. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think this is the, f well, it's I'm not sure if it's the fairest one, but it's definitely the most brutal one, which basically then means if you have annual contracts, you can't compare your whole base against your, your churn this month mm. Because large, large uh, uh, amounts of your customer base were simply not up for renewal. No, <laughs> they didn't have the chance to churn. Yeah. Right. Same if you compare it to uh, you know last year's uh, acquired customers. If you are a business that, and many many enterprise companies work like this, if you're a business that basically only has multi-year deals, mm. guess what's going to happen in the first year after? It's like you know no one is going to churn there. No, no. Right. Um, and basically kind of really kind of stacking it in a way where you say like, who who has a chance to churn yeah. compared to the ones that then actually did? That is the most brutal gross retention rate you can you can calculate. So a question for the professor. I couldn't, couldn't resist, right? So when you start tampering with churn, let's say you only include 
those with 5k and above. Don't you also do the same when you count AR? Because what's going to happen when, you know, some of those actually churn that are below, well, then your AR would be decreasing if, if it was included, right? So I bet they also do stuff on the AR metric or what do you think? I am actually not 100% sure. Because the thing is, if you get a dollar from a customer, <laughs> you will have to book it as mm. revenue. There's just, you know, that is, there's very clear rules around that. Yeah. You can't just forget about that. So there's there's revenue that you get. Whether or not you book into your ARR number, that's a different question. I think many people probably still do. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Let's optimize I, I think, all the numbers. I think they like uh, happily take the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and again, right? Um, it's and and we'll get to that actually in a second, and maybe we're gonna get into it now. now so what yeah. you should, what should you be doing about this? Exactly. So I think, um, and I think this is something that uh, I've been doing wrong uh, um, early in my career. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it's totally fine to have two different churn definitions in your business. Mm. Totally fine. One internal, one external. Yeah. Um, and. You know, the internal, maybe you can share this with the board, maybe not, doesn't matter. But definitely with investors, you know, when you go out fundraising, you don't, mm. right? And the way I would split it is internally, I would use the most brutal, most honest, in my eyes, most correct way to calculate it, which is who could have churned and who actually did churn. Mm. That's the truest way of looking at this. And this is how we should maybe... I'm not sure incentivize, but monitor your CSMs, monitor your products, monitor your segments and so forth. Um, so really kind of splitting by those different areas and then kind of seeing how that performs. And then on the external side, go in and dig into the 30 different ways to calculate it mm. and find the one that tells a good story or where you can tell a good story around. Yeah. Uh, plus that obviously makes sense with your business. Yeah. So if you have only annual contract, uh, if you only have monthly contracts um, across your whole company and your SMB and so forth, um, you totally can go, and it's even the right thing to do, to go for you know who churned this month versus my whole base. Yeah. Because guess what? If you have monthly contracts, your whole base is up for renewal every month. Mm. Um, so then, then that metric makes a lot of sense. If you're enterprise, you, you know you, you can kind of stitch it together however you want. I think we're, you know, the the ideas here from Box and from App Dynamics and Zendesk is, it's not bad at all. You just exclude the high churning segments. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can, uh, you can also say and and talk about maybe only specific ICP areas. Yeah. You say like, hey, this is this is the ideal customer profile we're focusing on, and and their churn is actually pretty fantastic compared to the rest. I think where some people go a little bit too far is they define their ICP based on their churn metrics yeah. and then say, hey, this is the 20% of our customer base that that retains really well. Yeah. Let's call that my ICP and the 80% is like non-ICP. Yeah. I think that's, that's an issue. I think this is a story that you wouldn't be able to tell yeah. if it was the other way around though. If you said like, hey, this 80% is my ICP and they, you know, I'm including them in my churn calculation versus the other one, I think that's okay, mm. right? And again, I don't have all the different kind of ideas how to calculate churn present right now because there's just so many. Yeah. Uh, go out and try and um, try and kind of come up with the best one. I think one piece of advice, though, to keep in mind is you need to make sure that this then still works with your net retention calculation and definition. 
right if you're playing too much around with uh, the GRR and it doesn't translate well into your net retention anymore, yeah. then you're starting to have an issue around this. Mm. right? You would then actually need to say that you're only considering the upsell of ICPs, yeah. for example, right? because otherwise you're starting to muddy the water quite mm. a lot. And then, then it starts, you know, you get like these weird looks from the investors on the Zoom calls and like, what, what are you talking, how does that, how does that add up? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, don't, I can't see it. And equally so, when then, you know, one of those customers here, for example, from Zendesk, you know, goes from starter to a pro plan. Yeah. You actually can't call it upsell, act, you know, I think. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you actually can't call it upsell. It's basically then a new source. Yeah. And new source is then starter plan, right? Mm. And and those are then a couple of things where you just need to make sure you're not not fudging it up completely. Yeah. And it's similar to your question with ARR, where are they counting this into ARR? I think what they're probably going to do is they're going to have their whole ARR, and then one one segment of that is going to be our starter plan. This is our ARR from starter plan. Yeah. Right? Kind of, yeah I yeah, think yeah. that's kind of probably how they're going about it, etc., etc., etc. So really try and make sure that when you then put up this metrics tree. That you're going to be using mm. GR, NR, AR, all of these, uh, all of these uh, things, that they're kind of working together, and that you have like a clean logic connecting them. Yeah. Um, and it's totally fine to have a clean logic for what you want to exclude. Yeah. Totally fine. Uh, same with CAC, by the way. We talked about this a lot. Customer acquisition costs. You can put in everything and anything and yeah. take anything out. Just have a clean logic connecting these things, and then it's fine. Yeah. So silly, silly question, but there's this. Tendency to discuss: Do you look at logo churn or revenue churn? I mean, my, from my perspective, I've never really understood why you would even look at logo churn. But what's what's your perspective on that one? No, I think you should totally look at both of these items. I think um, the difference between your logo churn and your overall churn might give you some clues where you're moving as an organization. Yeah. Right? If you have higher logo churn, uh, then you have net dollar churn. Yeah. Um, that means that the smaller logos are churning. Mm. Right. And that is a that's a great conversation to have with the investors. Like, oh, you know, look at this. We have more logos churning than than dollar churning because yeah. uh, it's the small ones. Yeah, we don't yeah. want them anyway. If that thing is flipped around, then suddenly that that is not a cool conversation anymore. It's no. like, ah, we're not really focusing on these guys, and it's just an outlier here. So I I would you know I would probably analyze both. Yeah. But I wouldn't look at both on an ongoing basis. I would I would prefer the 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 dollar retention yeah. over the logo retention. Yeah. The uh, the other thing we also talked about and why the definition you choose is so important is that there can be collateral damage, right? And this is also kind of I think how Dave Kellogg basically framed it that you are using this metric for other metrics as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really and he talks about it in this. Uh, so one knock-on effect is obviously on net dollar retention. Mm -hmm. Like if you have it here, then you need to do it there. But the other thing is in lifetime value. You yeah. know, um, and and lifetime value again, how's that calculated? You have your churn number is like ten percent, and then you understand, ah, okay, I have a ten-year lifetime times mm -hmm. the money that I get from them, so then I have a ten-year lifetime value. Um, and if you so if you use the wrong churn number, yeah. You're gonna to get to the wrong LTV. Mm. That's kind of pretty straightforward. But now the thing is that you're taking this LTV number and now putting it into relation to your customer acquisition cost mm. um, that you also fudged, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not include that. And cost. now, you, now you get you know you get like some number that may or may not actually help yeah. you, right? And again, the logic needs to be clean connecting yeah. all of these different pieces. So 
And I haven't done this myself. So I'm not even sure, would you then exclude your acquisition cost from the segments that you excluded yeah, in your yeah, yeah. churn? And you know, how does that whole thing actually work? But I think it's also back to the point you made earlier. You need to have a metric that you, in an operational purpose, can use. You need to be able to use it, and it means, means the number needs to make sense. So and you can have the split, right? You can I, have the yes. internal... I think that's that's kind of the, the important differentiation here is the external stuff, it doesn't need to be actionable at all. No, no. It can be like all kinds of weird shit. What it needs to make, uh, what it needs to happen though is that it needs to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't make sense and, you know, you can, there are only two options here. Either the investor thinks you're stupid, yeah. not good. No. Or you're trying to cheat them, also not good. You know, <laughs> both of these options not good. Yeah. So you need to kind of figure out, um, you know, how do you kind of stitch these things together to yeah. make sure for the outside perspective. Yeah. Um, and then obviously for the inside perspective, it needs to be super actionable. And those two things can live in separate worlds, yeah. right? If you if you plot them on a graph and squint at them, I think they will probably move in the same direction over time mm. um, because they're affected by the same baseline underlying moderator effects of like what's actually happening here yeah and um, but the um the the overall piece the investor side doesn't need to make so much fucking sense so let's say you've now gone and defined your metric mm. for churn you have an external one you don't care about it that's the fuzzy one and then you have the internal one it's brutally honest uh, it's a clear de clearly defined metric how do you then start looking at churn yes so um I think one thing is split it out by the areas that are important to you, mm. by product, if you have multiple products, by segment, if you're servicing different sizes of organizations, it could be by region. Mm. And why would you, for example, why would you do region? Well, that might tell you something about the um, two things. One is maybe your product is differently adopted in two regions for yeah. whatever cultural or language reason, I don't know. But the other thing could be, well, maybe it tells you something about the team that onboarded them mm. or the team that sold them or yeah. the team that, you know, is is servicing them, right? Kind of that, that might kind of give you some hints around that. And then obviously there might be other areas for you to, you know, slice and dice the, the customer base with. And, and you should, you know, please feel encouraged to look at those in different ways and calculate yeah. the, the gross retention rate on that. And you'll you might you might find some things that you know maybe won't be game changing. Oh wow! Now we need to kind of set the company up differently. Yeah. But they will help you to understand um, that kind of customer will actually be better for us than that kind of customer. Yeah. Right. And having that as a shorthand in management uh, management conversations, I think, is extremely powerful. Obviously, go and measure it and track it and have an expectation how it you know should evolve. Mm. I think if you are looking at churn on those segmentations, on those dimensions, I think you will have a better understanding how your churn will actually end up being. So, you know, look at churn in that way, right? Mm. Another way to then, let's just say, analyze it is actually to split it out into different cohorts. And in this case, cohorts, uh, we're really talking about time cohorts, so let's yeah. call it vintages, right? Different vintages of customers. And this then really means, okay, you've acquired this customer or this set of customers in Q1 2020. And now you isolate it, look at how many of those are still left. Mm. So that would be logo churn. Where is that uh, cord in terms of revenue? Is it above 100%? Is it below 100%? If you're only looking at churn, obviously it's only going to be below 100%. 
But what you want to do is you want to uh, create a graph that plots each of these cohorts as a, as a line graph, starting all of them at basically zero days as a customer. So yeah. it's like very, you know, it would be great if we could pull up a, um, <laughs> a visual, yeah, <laughs> a visual yeah. here. But what you want to see is that your older cohorts yeah. are what they are. They're probably bad. Yeah. But each consecutive next cohort that you add to that graph starts to be better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically kind of you slowly the cohorts are rising. Mm. Um, and that gives you an idea of maybe the product is getting better. Maybe yeah. the way you've been selling it is getting better. Maybe the way you're kind of servicing them is getting better. So this is really something that investors love to see yeah. as like the the double click on churn. It's mm -hmm. not to understand okay where's your churn number right now, but is it uh, from a cohort perspective trending in the right per, uh, yeah. direction? Right. That's really that's really what they want to figure out. And obviously you can split all of this by all of those different dimensions, but it's just going to get insanely difficult and yeah. uh, lots of lots of data to crunch around that and uh, really kind of think about it as you know. Um, uh, this more as a vintage yeah. perspective versus a dimension perspective. I guess that's also where you can unearth whether you're making future problems for yourself yeah. that you need to address later on. And then it's going to be really difficult as you grow a base of like a cohort of customers that actually, you know, churn really terribly. Yeah. I think what I would also just encourage everyone, and I actually haven't done that myself, um, but what I encourage everyone is like, look at the codes that went really well and check what their what their composition was yeah um in terms of which kind of companies did you sell to mm. um and so forth and then have a little bit of the same lens like it could be you know in our case was 50 50 you as a mayor yeah. um 80 20 normal b2b's to agencies or something like that yeah. right and have that as your expectation going forward uh now when you close the next quarter when you close q2 look at your customer base mm and check if some of these things are veering in a different direction, right? Yeah. You might have more or less agencies, which might be good or bad for you. Yeah. Um, but but track it, you can even track it on an analysis basis like that to understand, okay, are we, uh, to your point, are we setting ourselves up for failure by creating worse cohorts yeah. based on the composition of them, yeah. right? And that still doesn't talk into how you maybe have improved, uh, you know, servicing them and so forth and selling them. Uh, but it might be one indicator whether that was a good, yeah. good vintage yeah. or like a bad vintage. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's like wine. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're so close to the analogy, just one step further. Yeah, then we're there. And I think then the last item on this list would actually be kind of how to improve it. How to improve it? Yeah, change um, the definition. It's easy. So then and uh, <laughs> we talked about hacking it easy, going low, you know, upsell, no yeah. problem. Churn, just change the definition. Just throw everyone out of the metric that yeah. churns, then you have perfect churn. Yeah. So just you know, just do it like that. Um, so those are the 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 non uh, non sustainable tricks. Yeah. You can you can use. At the end of the day, it comes down to two main things. Yeah. Uh, one is your product and service. Improve them. Yeah. Get better. Build a better product. Listen to your customers. Uh, listen to your onboarding calls, you know, read the tickets yeah. that you guys are writing uh, yeah. back. And so, you know, get better at all of that stuff that will over time for sure improve your uh, gross retention rate, your yeah. churn for sure. It's a really slow and boring needle to move, but it's the most impactful. Right? Yeah. And then number two, acquire the right customers to begin with. 
So if you're starting to say, hey, listen, you know, only these kind of customers are, you know, really in our customer base that we consider churn. These other ones, we couldn't keep them out, but they might grow into this over time. So that's why we're doing it. But really kind of, hey, this is this is the ICP and the non-BS, non-bullshit yeah. ICP that we're kind of gunning for. Then you need to ask yourself the question, cool, how can I get more of those? Yeah. And the really, really important difference here in the in the phrase and uh, phrasing the question is not about how can I get only those. It's really how can I get more of those, which really means that what I've seen and and people kind of get this wrong is some people just choke the funnel. Yeah, it's like ah, okay, we only want companies that look like that. Let's disqualify everyone else. I yeah. think that's silly. Yeah, I think you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, the real question you need to ask yourself is how can I get more of the ones that I really want. And that is, you know, that's a whole other episode in itself, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, on your on your outbound, your uh, SDR team, yeah. talk to accounts that match your happy customers. Yeah, yeah. On your messaging, tailor it specific to um, the kind of uh, accounts that, that you want and it resonates extremely yeah, well yeah. with. You know, on your targeting on LinkedIn, you know, focus at it and, and so forth, right? And... Um, and when you do customer interviews and trying to understand better what to build or how to talk about it, focus on the happy, happy ones. Don't focus on the ones that, you know, maybe aren't core to you anyway, right? Yeah. And there's a, there's a bunch of other things you maybe can do in order to try and tweak it in the right direction. But that's, uh, again, kind of that's just scratching the surface on th- how to improve. Care. I think the interesting piece is here often you look at churn and go, hey, how do we improve it? You discuss product, onboarding, service, support. But there's the entire step before yes. to look at. Yeah. We've been churning out a lot of episodes. Churning out a lot of episodes. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm tying it into uh, my wonderful segues into the outros. You know? That's right. That's right. Getting better 1% at a time. Dude, I mean, we, we, made, we had so many QBRs. I'm so happy that something is finally <laughs> sticking. You know, Michael? We didn't implement any of this, but I remember that thing about just 1%. I remember that. That's it. Thank okay. you, Michael. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, dear listener. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.